Hey ladies, this is Underwired. Welcome to the show designed to uplift and support women all over the world. Hey, hey, I'm Lindsay. They call me the kindest kahuna and the imaginal connector. I love puppies, travel, great coffee, and all of you out there who love humanity. I'm Betsy Weersma, a serial entrepreneur and lover of doing good and having fun. My passion is connecting hearts and souls with art, ideas, and adventures. Hey, I'm Shay Sparks. As an energetic catalyst and fearless communicator, I love to have great conversations with amazing people. And I'm Sunny. Mama Four, here to shed light on what really matters. Together, we're underwired. And now for the show. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Underwired. This is a show that is designed to support and uplift everybody, really. But we do focus on women because we're a group of women who are friends and we love to connect with each other. And we do this through inspiring interviews and just having a lot of fun and getting together with some of our besties and and just exploring life and just having a good time doing it. So we are now part of United Network. If you've been following our show for a little bit, you know we've released about nine or 10 episodes and we're now part of United Network, which is super exciting. If you want to check out any of the content that we've released previously or even moving forward, you can find that not only on unitednetwork.tv, but we're also able to put that on our website, which is uh, underwiredlive.com. So the show isn't live yet. It will be live in the near future. So that's why it's Underwired Live. We also have a Telegram channel. So this is brand new for us. And so you can search for it under Underwired. And we're going to be posting a ton of stuff in there. Our promos will go in there. We want you guys to be engaged and interacting with us as we do our episodes. We may ask you guys questions. So that's the place to be. There's probably like four people in there now. But I promise that will grow. So search for Underwired, join us. It's going to be a ton of fun. So in all of our episodes, we have a main topic. And today's main topic is relationships. So this is going to be exciting because we are going to talk about all different types of relationships. And I'm certainly not doing this on my own. Let's bring in my friends. We've got Betsy, Shay, and Lindsay. So this is the Underwired crew, guys. Talk goes wild. That is wild. So let's talk about relationships. Now, why, you know, when we were kind of brainstorming ideas, this is, I think, one of the first ones that came up. And what I love about today's show, and you guys are going to see this, is that we are exploring all different types of relationships. And I just want to ask you guys, you know, what, you know, what you think of with relationships. Why is it important to talk about this now? Why, why do a whole episode on relationships? Oh, I'm going to go first. I I love talking about relationships because, you know, honestly, it's what makes life life. Mm -hmm. If you were here on the planet all by yourself, uh, I'm not so sure that would be very fun. So (laughs) so we have relationships so that we can learn and grow and get to know ourselves through the Mm -hmm. eyes of others. And I just think it's a fabulous thing. Plus, I'll be talking a little bit later about relationship to self, because I think that's also a really good one to have under our belts. So, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go next because I was so blessed to do two of our special segments with people in the world that I think have amazing relationships that are making a difference in the world and some really good tips about how each of us every day can make some new choices to make a little bit better relationships or different ones that can change our life for good. What about you, Shay? Well, I think relationships is so important because we are not made we weren't created to live alone. We weren't created to be isolated or live in solitude. We were created to be in relationship, whatever that looks like, whether that's on a team, whether that's in at work, or maybe that's in a relationship at home or with our children, with our parents. I mean, there's just such a broad range of topic with relationships. So it's really about the, the ships, not just the relation. <laughs> I think I that's a really good that point together. <laughs> that's a good point because we have kind of been over the last couple of years, relationships have been strained a lot, right? Because we've been mm -hmm. in lockdowns, people all over the world are experiencing different things. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of relationships need rebuilding after that. It's another yeah. good, you know, reason for exploring this today. And so, yeah, I'm excited to dive into it. So on this show, you guys, we start things out by spelling a certain word. Let's see if you guys can pick <laughs> up on what this word is, but I'm gonna toss it over to Betsy for our B segment. Okay, it's me, Betsy, and I'm always a B segment since I'm Betsy, but we're not gonna do the segment about Betsy. Oh, I'm gonna start with my word being brave. Because I think in relationships, sometimes you have to, to use the word we're going to use later, get outside your box a little bit. Uh, so in relationships, when I think of bravery, I think of one of my best friends in the whole world, Carol Calkins. She is uh, never met a stranger. Maybe you know people like that. They just always make a friend wherever we go. And we have been in probably 10 countries of the world together. So she has made a lot of friends around the world. But she also has used her relationship skills to get through some really interesting times, both tragic times here in Denver, Colorado, uh, and also some really, really tough times with her family. So I think we have a very special segment about bravery. Please meet our friend, Carol Calkins. Hey, Betsy, where's my hair from Underwired? And today I have a very special interview. You're going to love meeting my bestie, Carol Calkins. Uh, Carol has had a huge thriving career in corporate America as a hospital administrator. And after that, the beat goes on. There's no such thing as retirement for this dynamo who is a dynamic community volunteer. She is still always learning and growing and taking on new ways to serve. She's an amazing mother and grandma. And today we're here to talk about relationships. Carol, welcome. Well, thank you. And that was so nice of you, Betsy. Beautiful intro. Thank you. Well, I make stuff up about you all the time, Carol. <laughs> so as you, if you just go with it, I was going to talk about you parting the Red Sea. I thought it was a little much. So I thought <laughs> I'm just going to stay with your human things. Well, uh, we love to dive a little bit deeper into issues, and the issue we're talking about today is relationships. And when I thought of any human I have known in the past 20 years, a blessed life of knowing you, uh, you are the bomb. You are the relationship bomb. Uh, you are the person I think of that is that bright, shining light that attracts all kinds of interesting people, and you've never met a stranger. And I can tell you that for <laughs> sure, because we have been in multiple countries together, and you have found a friend in every one of them. We're trying to uplift and inspire the world with tips to make their lives better. 
So in the context of building relationships, talk a little bit about uh, how you have had such lasting relationships around your work people that, you know, before you retired, that you still keep in touch with, and also how you found friendships through community service. Okay. Um, As far as work, one of the things that I learned along my 42-year career was that communication is really important. And in that, it's also listening, really listening to people, observing, and talking to them, not just with your head, but with your heart. And I found that well, especially more recently, although I retired, what, five or six years ago at the university, I felt like people, I wanted to be open to everybody. So I had an open door policy. If my door was open, they could come and see me. If my door was closed, they could come back later. Um, and also I used a lot of humor. When things were difficult, I try to break the ice with something humorous so that we could really get into the depths of what was going on for people. Um, In some work environments, they really try to separate. This is work. This is personal. But if somebody had a personal problem going on and they wanted to talk, close the door, we'd have that conversation and, and they could get it off their chest. And I think that because I was open to people, that really made a huge difference in me having some very long-lasting relationships with people. Level two, why do you think you're the most popular person in the entire Camp Experience Network (laughs) and that you got elected executive director of the Global Sisterhood Network? What do you think, what qualities from relationships do you think got you the most popular vote? Well, um, wow, I didn't know that. I mean, thank you. Um, I think it's because, you, as you said earlier, nobody is a stranger as far as I'm concerned. And so when we would have events, people would come who were brand new. And I just know how it feels personally to be the only one that's brand new or one of the few that's brand new. So I would always approach those people, introduce myself, talk with them, do whatever was necessary to make them feel comfortable and included. And so that's just how I am. And as you mentioned, it's really true when we have traveled um, because of course, Betsy and I like to travel together We, you know, I I remember standing on the streets of Edinburgh talking to those students and you you guys looking at me like I was crazy, but it was like I had new friends and I found out all about them and they found out about me and it was wonderful. Carol the American, Carol the American (laughs) on the scenes and Christian Sand where her grandmother (laughs) left Europe, Carol the American. In Iceland, Carol the American in Norway, Sweden. Okay, that's just the places we've been to lately. Uh, Carol the American, New Smyrna Beach. 
It's a new series coming up. Well, I think it's your, as everyone can see that's watching this video, it is your glowing, bright, friendly smile, your, your just openness of your face. And that's what I would add to what you've said so far. Not only the listening, but the presence with people and the actual interest in who they are and what they are, your curiosity. So these are all things, if you're thinking about building more relationships, you want to emulate the amazing Carol who does this very, very well. So if you were going to sum up, if you were telling people three relationship things you would tell them that are the most important for building a rich, gooey life full of fantastic relationships, what would you say? I would say be open with not only your head, but your heart and really not just listen, but hear and observe what the person is saying. Be present with them. So I think that is critical. The other thing is, be yourself. I think there's a whole thing going on right now related to boundaries, you know, where you are and what you need. And so communicate that with those people that you care about and interact with. Uh, I think that's really, really important to be yourself. And that just makes a whole difference in a relationship. And also have fun. Oh, You've got to have fun with people and have the humor and this, you know, that's part of the smile thing. And so that's why there are no strangers in my life. I mean, I talk to people on the street and actually my family sometimes gets embarrassed about that. But you can, with your smile and just a few words to somebody else, you can make their day you can make them feel so uplifted. So that's kind of my practice and what I do in terms of relationships. Well, we are so blessed to have Carol Calkins, who I think is one of God's gifts to the world. Actually, one of my favorite people on earth. We have traveled together. We have snored together in many a location. We have survived not me seeing very many bugs in Africa. Long story. We'll go back to that later. Uh, we enjoy serving together. We enjoy doing art with each other and her grandkids and her daughter. Um, you're just such a blessing. I'm so glad that you shared your relationship information today for the world. Aww. Well, now you can all see wow. why I love Carol Calkins. And we, I know we had to cut that down, Sunny, but um, one yeah. of the things she talked about is in her workplace, her office processed the Aurora Shooters actual manifesto. So if you can imagine the FBI, when the Aurora shooting happened in Denver and that terrible, terrible thing happened, Carol was in charge of the office that processed the killer's manifesto. So she had to, she met with President Obama, she hosted the families and all the time that bright smile, that relationship skill base that she mm -hmm. had really comforted um, the families of those shooting victims and has been very helpful for her daughter who's been going through a terrible cancer. So, um, you know, that that's a a big story from one person around relationships. Um, who else is crying? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, Betsy, that whole interview. So we're going to because there's like a longer version of it. Right. Like Betsy was just talking about. So we'll make sure that that's available um, through the United Network app so people can download that. And if you guys really want to know the whole story with Carol, because there's so much more like they they talk a lot when they get together, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So if you want the whole story, go to the app and download it. Yeah. 
That's great. Yeah. I, I'm actually one of the girls that really, you know, hit you out of Carol's story, Shay, was there something that really was the piece that you resonated <laughs> with the most? Oh yes. Immediately. She started off with the listening from the heart. Yeah. And that was just like, yes, more people, if they could just scream that from the rooftops, listen from the heart and really um, hear and try to hear what the person is saying and observe them rather and understand them rather than just automatically look, looking for their next response. So that was just yeah. beautiful. She's, what a what a and, what a great friend. Yes, <laughs> and we will talk offline about many other things. And and I know, Lindsay, you actually would be tied with Carol for the person that talks to the most strangers and makes a friend everywhere in our little bit of travel together. I really enjoyed that. Which part of Carol's story did you resonate with the most? Well, I always love Carol. I'm one of the few of us that's actually met Carol and spent some quality time with her. One of my favorite things is that we share the common value, fun. Yeah. <laughs> without a doubt, Carol and I will not do it unless it's fun. And we are so engaging with people because we're constantly looking for the fun factor. And I, I just resonated with that again, because I find that in Carol and I find that in a lot of relationships with all of you too. So fun is the factor. Mm -hmm. Got Betsy, it. I loved, I, I was just going to say, Betsy, I loved when you were calling her Carol, the American, like, is yeah. that there has to be a story behind that. Obviously <laughs> when you guys are traveling, she's talking to everyone. So is that like the nickname that you gave her? Yeah, like, you know, you would, you know, people say, oh, those ugly Americans, not Carol. Carol is the American <laughs> envoy. She was like, hi, I'm Carol from America. Blah, 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 blah. And she would introduce herself. I'm Carol from Aurora, Colorado. Blah, 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 blah. And I'd be like, Carol the American. She's out there making friends, making friends with Aww. the students. She had them all in her palm of her hand. She had like 20 students gathered around her, mm. and she was telling stories of our travels and I just got like go for it honey you are Carol so maybe that's a shoot off series uh what's news with Carol the American oh well so we have been in segment B of our very special word we spell out this segment hosted by B S C Betsy but uh not all the girls host a segment with a name so let's get into our next segment the next word so when I think of relationships, I automatically think of the word respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I mean, I know I did. I sang it. I know it's probably terrible, so I apologize. But I just feel that so in my soul with respect. And one of my friends who I just adore, I met her at a podcast conference. Her name is Adrienne Tiki, and she really exemplifies what respect looks like in her relationship. And so uh, I think we're gonna see a video of with her here in a little bit. I am here with my good friend, Adrian Tiki. She is a recovery advocate and she is the co-creator of the lodge at Delray Beach. So Adrian, thank you for Four being minutes, here. 30 seconds. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you always, Shay. We're talking about relationships on Underwired today, and I love your story about you and your husband. So could you share a little bit about that? Well, it's a really corny story. Um, I moved down here to Florida in 2005, and I needed to go find a church home. I went to the first two, and, and they were okay. Nothing wrong with them, right? It just didn't feel like home. And... So 
I, I was getting pretty discouraged. And I, I went to the last church that was in our immediate small area in Delray Beach called St. Paul's Episcopal. And on a Saturday night, I walked in sweaty from the South Florida heat with no air condition. Mm. And I met my husband and another girl that were all the only ones without blue hair. Let's just put it that way in the Episcopal (laughs) church. So we formed a fast friendship. We found out that our birthdays were on the 13th of the month, all of our birthdays. And so we formed the 13th club and, um, and became fast friends. And really it was a, it was a dance. It took us a long time, about three and a half years of people in that Saturday night service and all our family and our friends were like, will you stop talking about this guy, Jim, who's just a friend, you know, they all knew it before we did. Mm. But when Jim went to Connecticut in 2009 for Christmas, I missed him differently. And he missed me differently at the same time. Mm. And we had a phone conversation about it. We really had to, um, decide whether we wanted to put our friendship in jeopardy Mm. because it could, it could have. And we, we, um, we prayed about it and we just thought January of 2010, we started dating. We dated for a year we were engaged for a year and now we've been married for 11. Wow. The thing I love about your story too, that, um, you didn't add, but I will add is that this was both of your first marriages. Yes, it was. And I was, I was 40 years old and he was 54 when we got married. Mm. It was not your typical. I had had relationships in the past where I was really burned. And so had he, I mean, we were both shouting from the rooftops that we were never going to get married. Mm. Well, I love that you both decided to wait and look what happened. You found the love of your life. We've been talking about respect on today's episode. And so now that you've been married for some time, how do you both make sure that you still respect each other? Well, um, we, we definitely have an open line of communication. We started this relationship on equal footing. Mm. And I think the way that we continue to respect each other is we, we have, um, we have an understanding that if, if something happens and we get into an argument and one or the other of us comes to the other person and says, can we just start over? Mm. And that's been a lifesaver for us. You know what the secret sauce is? We both recovered from a lot of things in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we know the hard work that it takes to put into change. We both are committed to doing whatever it takes to make this work. It is the most valuable possession that we own. Well, thank you for sharing your love story, your relationship story with us. And I love that you said that you both recovered separately so that you can really be prepared for the relationship that you are with together. He's my best friend. What could I do with him? I had to marry him. 
<laughs> Isn't that fun? She married her best friend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is so okay. isn't there a backstory that we all know that can we say out loud that she remarries him every year? Yes. Can every you tell year. Us more about that. So they decided when they were dating, like officially dating, not just friends, that it was literally they were going to commit to themselves, to each other every year. And so they do a ceremony, um, whatever that looks like for them every year to, to renew their vows and to renew their commitment to each other, which is just really quite, quite a beautiful thing. I've heard yeah. that being done in other cultures and I can't mm -hmm. remember like which one it is now. There's probably multiple ones, but I think that's so beautiful because it's a recommitment on everybody's part to say, I like where this is going. And almost, it, you know what? It's like a form of accountability, right? You don't feel stuck in something, mm -hmm. you know, you're saying I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to be with this person because I care about this person. And it kind of keeps people on their toes which I, I think it can kind of be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, completely right. agree yeah. with that. That sounds After fun. I also 23 years. Yeah. After 23 years of marriage, the part of the story I like the best is when she said we're on equal footing. And I really, mm. since I did yes. a practice marriage for seven years um, before <laughs> I found Doug, um, I wasn't on equal footing. I wasn't equally yoked. Mm. I picked a guy. I wanted to save him and change him, you know, mm. the things they always say you can't do. And I don't know those of you that are listening that ever tried to save or change a husband, but it wasn't working very mm. well. Um, and I think when Doug and I found each other, we were two holes that came together and chose to be together and then made like a unified life instead of um, anybody depending on anyone else for their happiness or, you know, like, so it's very two way. And so I liked how she said, you know, I would call it equally yoked. We're on equal footing. Yeah. Uh, and I really think that goes back to your word respect, uh, Shay, mm -hmm. that you're using here in the R word, in the B-R-A-R -R word. Yeah, I agree with you, um, Betsy. Thank you for pointing that out. It is equally footing, equally yoked. Uh, Lindsay, I know you were going to say something about respect and what um, Adrian had to say. I, well, I love Adrian and, and what she had to say is just lovely about she and her husband and how they both recovered from a lot of things and came together as healed people as well. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we were talking very early on when Sunny introduced the topic, we talked a little bit about how relationships are important for us to learn and grow through. And what a lovely situation that they found each other later in life when they had grown through other things yeah. <laughs> and came together at a time when it was really time for them to flourish. And I just think that's always magical when you can find your partner when you're at your best, you know, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the best time to find your partner. And she found her best friend and married him, which is cool. I also just <laughs> no. wanted to say one quick thing that I've heard somewhere. And I think this is really true in relationship. Men need to feel respected and mm. women need to feel safety and security. Yes. And yeah. so yeah. they have found the magic sauce where, yes, they're equally yoked, but uh, she probably has done some really great things to help her husband feel deeply respected so that he also then can return back this, the feeling of safety and security. And I, I love that, that sense of how relationships work symbiotically. 
Mm. Well, I, I love that you mentioned that, Lindsay, because when I asked her that and she did say about communicating, right? It's talking about what, what, what our needs are. And it really got me to thinking, like, how do I show respect for someone? So I really dove into this. I did some research and homework on myself and journaled about it because, as you know, that's what I do. And I really kind of found of one several things of what I do to show respect is that I honor them. I honor their feelings and their thoughts and, and their experiences. I don't try to put them down or anything like that. I am kind and considerate of their time, of their effort, of their, their being, and again, of their experiences of what they've been through. And I am a willingness to be vulnerable and ask for what it is that I need or say what's going on in, in me, what's going on with me. So I'm just curious to you guys, how do you show respect, whether it be to your parents or to a team member or maybe it's your kids or your, your partner? I'll take that one because respect is really important in our house. It's it's really big with my husband. And I remember him mm -hmm. telling me in the beginning when we first got married how important that was to him. And I was kind of surprised by that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess everyone wants to feel respected. But one of the things that I do is I try not to undermine him. Now, that doesn't mean that mm -hmm. I always agree because we've got four kids and there are several things that we disagree on. Okay. Um, and, and even in parenting, just like, a, you know, the other day, like our son wanted to do something and I wanted to allow him to do it. And my husband disagreed and I had to make a call in that moment. Okay. Because my son was then looking at me going, mom, what do you think mom? You know, cause he knew that I was leaning more towards letting him do it. But I had to take a to take a stand with my son. I said, I'm not going to go against your dad on this. OK, don't play, mm -hmm. you know, good mom, you know, bad dad with us. Um, so I know that that's that's really big with him. So that's not only with our kids, but that is, you know, in any kind of social environment, whether he's around or not. I just think mm. for men, especially knowing that, you know, someone has your back. So in this case, a wife mm -hmm. has your back. I, th I think you know, they feel like they can conquer the world when that happens. At least that's my experience with with my with my husband. He feels like he can yeah. go out there and do whatever when he knows he has my support. So that's what I try to do. Mm, I love that. I love awesome. that. He, you got his back. Like in, in, in the military and, and police force, it's, yeah. I got your six, right? I got your six. So, yeah. yeah. He even says that's that. Awesome. You got my six. I got your six. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Lindsay, what about you? How do you demonstrate respect? You know, I think that's a great question. I think part of it is a, a deep listening to what mm. the other person is asking for or needing. And especially with children and spouses, it's that holding still long enough to get what it is that's triggering them, causing disruption or, you know, causing them great joy. Um, I think showing respect is a, a, a sensibility about what they are needing and talking about and not over, you know, running over them, not trying to make it mm -hmm. your thing. It's their thing. Let them have the thing, do the thing and be the thing and just go, wow, I so appreciate what you're going through right now. Mm -hmm. Hmm, that's really cool. <laughs> and not trying to always fix anything or, yeah. you know, I used to be that kind of a mom when my kids were little and it was actually my son who said, mom, stop trying to fix it all the time. And I was like, 
Oh, right. Exactly. The only way you really learn and you get to be in relationship is when they get to be their own independent individual self. So I, I think that's what I do. I just listen and allow people to, I say it this way, you do you <laughs> <laughs> and let it go. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you mentioned about the the not fixing, because mm-hmm. sometimes that trying to fix is can come across as disrespect mm-hmm. to someone if they're already in a in a mood or in a mindset of oh they don't think I'm good enough to complete this yep. right so when you're trying to fix something that definitely puts them in a ugh they don't talk Smiles. to me kind of mood so I love that yeah so Betsy what about you how do you I know you are an amazing example of respect. So how do you do that? Well, first I got to say what I'm not doing very well, but I'm getting better because I thought I should fess up on underwired where we talk about real things. <laughs> so my husband loves to talk to me about um, work things, or he loves to just interrupt me and then wants attention. And I tend to want to continue to multitask like, okay, yeah, I hear you, but I'm making dinner or okay, yeah, I hear you. And I'm, you know, cleaning up a text on my phone. So I'm trying to get a lot better about stopping what I'm doing and looking at him and really doing like kind of what Lindsay was saying, like listening with my heart, what Carol said, um, being present and giving him the space, no matter how boring I find the details of a production he's working on for work or really, but it's very important that I listen to it because he, as a CEO, is very lonely and doesn't have relationships for people that he can tell the truth to other than me. And I'm his best friend and his wife of 23 years coming up. So um, I'm really getting better on, um, even though I can hear him and still complete other tasks, he needs me to stop being Betsy, stop multitasking, stop Mm -hmm. fidgeting and be um, like looking at him and giving him that extra presence for him to get that I hear him, Mm -hmm. even though I am quite competent to do multiple things at the same time. So I would say that's one thing I'm learning for him. And then also the respect I'm giving him is his interest because I have a lot of friends and I have lots of things I'm interested in, but he's interested in racing. So recently in Daytona, I went to the Speedway uh, with Lindsay's dad and Doug and they walked around and looked at cars for two hours in the heat and I was so nice and just hung out and just you know I should have done some underwired messenger I couldn't even do it I was sweating the sun didn't shine so uh but anyway I I think that's part of respect is trying to really from your soul level embrace somebody else's ideas and somebody else's loves and and be a part of it so that you can show your love for them and then you can drag them to the chosen convention or the craft show. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love your example because it's really both, right? You're being present. You're learning to be present and you were present to go to the racing in the Daytona race area. So what a, what a great lesson. And I just think about children too, when parents are multitasking, when their, their kids Mm -hmm. need something. And I have seen this full, like, in real person when you're at the park and the kids are playing. And they're like, Mom, Mom, look at me, look at me. And the mom is on the phone Mm -hmm. or talking to their friend, completely ignoring. And, I I mean, I 
also was guilty of that with my mom. My mom would never was always talking with her friends and I'd start calling her by her real name and you know, all those things to get her attention. <laughs> and it and it but now we have these devices that take so much of our attention away. So we to come back to being present, that is such a great uh, avenue for respect. What a great testimony to what you're doing, Betsy. I hope Doug is loving it. I think he is. And I know a lot about some production if you ever want to do a show behind the scenes. I know. Make sure, so anyway. Betsy, make sure he watches this this episode. You need yeah, to really. Yeah, yeah, right, so right. I love yeah. him. For the record. He will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you have been watching Underwired, and we have had two segments so far. We've had the B segment for bravery, the R segment for respect. And we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about another word. Hello, and welcome to United Network News. I'm Sunny Gold. Now let's check in with our ground command, Kimberly Gogan, from the office of The Guardian. And she has her whiteboard. I can. do. to be it's up to me it's up to all of us to come together i'm sunny gall join us monday wednesday and friday for the real news well we're back we're back <laughs> welcome back everybody featuring our sister sunny who does such a fabulous job on the news uh, i'm now addicted to know what's really <laughs> happening and all the behind the scenes things, uh, you know, in gardening and uh, celebration <laughs> and culture uh, and the U and, and, and network news. So, Sunny, call out to you, sister, for your good job. Aw, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's always so funny, like, here I am on screen and then I'm on a video and, hey, I'm back here, guys. <laughs> Um, but today I am wrapping up this word that we're spelling and we have the A segment. Okay, so A, our A word for today is adjust. So we have been talking about relationships, all different kinds of relationships. And I feel like the reason I want to talk about adjust today is something that recently happened within the last week or so with a really good friend of mine. So our families were on vacation and they came out and they joined us for a day or two at this cottage we were staying at. Uh, we've been friends for years, former neighbors and whatever. Um, and she it was struggling a little bit. And um, really, this comes down to needing to make adjustments in a relationship that she has. Now, by the way, what we're talking about here for adjusting can be applied to any kind of relationship. For my friend, it's about her marriage. It's about kids and stepkids and ex-wives and things like that that are all part of the situation. But if you think about it, I'm sure everyone can think of some sort of relationship that they have that you've just become stuck. And you love the person, you love the people, you don't necessarily wanna be 
distance from them. You know, it's nothing like, of course, if this were some sort of abusive relationship or something that would be totally different. But what you want is to improve um, your, you know, your current relationship and what you're going through. And sometimes we just get to that point where it's like, I am stuck in the mud. This person's stuck in the mud. They are stuck in the mud and nobody is moving. Nobody is doing anything. And you feel so bad because you want something to work so much. And that was the case with my friend. And so I want to just kind of dive a little bit deeper and I can share with you guys some of the things that I talked to her about. And then I want to open it up to the other ladies because I'm sure they have amazing advice to give on, on just being stuck and needing to adjust the situation a little bit. So what, I, what I'm about to say, I, I have taken this advice to heart. I have implemented it in my own life. So I do speak from experience on this. And it may not be exactly what people wanna hear when it comes to being stuck. Because if you feel stuck in any kind of relationship, the last thing you want is to have to put forward more effort Okay, um, because you feel like you've done everything you can possibly do. They're not doing this. This person is doing my kids not doing this. My mother in law isn't doing this. How do I make this relationship work? So my biggest piece of advice is that it always starts with you. This is what you're probably not going to want to hear. It always starts with you. And we do have a tendency to do that blame game. I think that's just human. That's just kind of how we're built. We're getting anger out. We're, we're frustrated about situations. But what do I mean by that? What do I mean by it always starts with you? And what I mean by that is you have the power to change your situation. Now, I'm not saying walk out of a relationship or anything like that. This comes down to focusing on what you want to have happen in your life. That may seem a little selfish, Okay, but the more we focus our efforts on what we truly want, we as humans can manifest and create the life we've always wanted. You actually aren't probably going to have to make these major, you know, dramatic decisions because things will just naturally happen based on what you've said you've wanted to happen, right? The, these ideas, these things you're thinking about, oh, I wanna have this kind of life. I want the relationship with my husband to look like this. That's what I'm gonna focus in on. That's what I'm gonna concentrate on. When it comes to my kids, I wanna have this kind of relationship with my son. This may be happening now, but I'm gonna think positively. And you're not ignoring what's happening, okay? You are just telling the universe, this is what I want to have happen. This is what I'm gonna focus on. So that's what I mean by it all starts with you because you're never truly stuck. What you have to look at is you just have to reorganize the pieces a little bit and it starts with your mindset. One of the things that I love to do is to visualize what I want to see happen. So I think I've shared this with the ladies you know, before in the past, but I have a set of twins. They don't always get along. <laughs> And sometimes it is like major, major drama trying to, you know, break up their fights and stuff like that. And so in those moments, I'll just do like a little visualization technique, you know, and I'll think about what what do I really want my girls to be doing right now? What would make me very happy? And I'm telling you, when I do that, sometimes it's immediate. Some, it's like it's a vibration. It's a frequency. Something goes out. 
and they're impacted by it. I mean, I've literally have seen this happen on the spot. Now, does it always happen on the spot? Not necessarily, you know, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. You know, this is, this is a practice, but this is what I told my friend. I said, I know that you're feeling stuck and you want things to change. You want some sort of adjustment. You love your husband, you love your kids, you love your stepkids, the ex-wife, maybe not so much, but she's there <laughs> and you've got to work in this whole environment, right? And so that was my advice. It's like, what, what do you want to have happen here? Picture that, take that with you because you can change things. Um, I, I did this with my husband. I'm still doing this with my husband a little bit, right? And so again, I've used this technique over and over again, and it really does work. So again, again, might not be the, you know, the thing you wanna hear because you feel like you've already done everything you can do, but it really does start with you. And I just rhymed and I really didn't mean for that to happen, but let's go ahead and bring the ladies back in. Cause I want to, I want to chat with you guys about <laughs> making these kind of adjustments. First of all, do mm. you agree with what I said? Do you have any experience with, you know, bringing it back to, okay, what is it that I really want? Can I focus on that? And has that led to any kind of progression for you? Lindsay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wants to go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll call on you if you don't. Call on me. Okay, good. Well, you know, I think, Sunny, I love what you're bringing into the field here. This is really cool. And adjusting is the name of the game. And adjusting self is yeah. what you're really pointing to. It's like, if yeah. I adjust my attitude, if I adjust my way of seeing, if I adjust my expectations, things mm -hmm. can be what I want them to be. So, your question is a great one relative to what you ask yourself in the moment. I usually say to myself, what experience am I creating in my life right now? What is this about and why am I feeling this way or whatever, based on whatever's happening? So adjustment is powerful in relationship. And it doesn't mean, I think the one thing I would just say is that it doesn't mean giving yourself up. Yes. That's one adjustment that's a big, bad no-no that we women tend to do a lot. And if we have strong opinions, sometimes there are some men who struggle with us having strong opinions because they want us to bend or adjust to what they want. And kids have the same you know, expectation yeah. of mom and dad. So I would just say this, what you're pointing to is also a clarity in self that allows you to know why you're doing what you're doing in response to the relationship that's in front of you. And if your clarity is, you know, actually, no, I really need to eat my cheese stick now <laughs> and I don't need to do this other thing. It's a good idea to simply be clear what your experience is that you want to have and how you want it to go and then adjust and asking others to adjust is okay. It's okay. They can say no too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Love it. How about you, Bets? Mm. What do you think about well, this whole experience? I think this is good advice. <laughs> so we're in the A word to say it. So what came up for me when you started talking about adjustment is our friend, Kathy Hawk, which is a longtime friend of Lindsay and me, and uh, her Clarity International company has stood for 40 years for everyone uh, getting exactly what you want, just where you're going, mm -hmm. Sunny. And how she talks about it is what lights you up 
which brings energy to you versus what takes you down and takes your energy away. And then her consulting is do more of what lights you up and less of what takes you down. Right. So yeah. if we look at that in relationships mm. and we look at it in the A of adjusting, how I do it is, okay, in this situation, what lights me up is, you know, loving on my daughter and um, having time with my pets and all these things. What brings me down is the drama of my daughter and, you know, fighting with her dad and things like that. So how can I stand for what is better for our relationship as a family? the happy times together and calm down the things that are not working, right? The fighting, the infighting of the husband and the daughter and the mean, me, 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 me. Yeah. So, uh, so it really brings to me that in relationships, we can work toward imagining, like you said, Sonny, using our imagination to what works, how I define it is what works and then concentrating on how to be better at creating circumstance for what is working so, you know, I don't love racing, but I love my husband. And it was really cool to see the inside of the Daytona Speedway. I must say, being from Indianapolis, <laughs> Indiana, going to the 500, I sent it to all my friends at Indy. Look at And I got things back like, look at the banking on the track. And then they yelled at us, get off the track. But I <laughs> So I found what lit me up was supporting my husband and seeing something super cool and new. And that was yeah. more important than being a little hot and sweaty and standing around for an hour while they looked at cars. So, so, um, so I would say, yes, uh, the situation for me is to, to manifest more of what lights me up, which puts me in a better, happier place and allows me to serve better because I'm taking good care of something in it for me while still being in the situation, you know, staying in the importance of the relationship. Um, that's kind of how I looked at it. What about you, Ms. Shea? Well, you know, it just reminds me of how what we focus on grows. So I'm sure uh, lots of you who are watching and listening, and all, all I know all of us, we wear these things that hold up our, our chest area, right? <laughs> and sometimes the straps fall off and sometimes those need to be adjusted. And sometimes there's a underwire pun intended that <laughs> is poking us. Right. <laughs> and as that happens, guess what? Guess what we do? We focus on the irritation, right? We're focused on the thing that's gouging us in the, in the ribs or the thing that's falling off our shoulders. And we focus on that rather than focusing on how can I adjust this? How can I move forward and feel better and feel more comfortable in my choices? So what we're focusing on is that irritation rather than focusing on the adjustment on how to maybe compromise. Maybe we get a, maybe we uh, change something in order to, to move forward in a more positive light. And even though it's, you know, it's an attitude adjustment, it's still really about what you're focusing on will grow. So that's a good point. So Shay, another A word is attitude. And I, I share this with my kids all the time. I'm like, you are in charge of how your day goes. You yeah. can have something happen to you that you don't like, and you can be all huffy and puffy and mad about that. And it will trigger five or six or more other things that will, it'll totally ruin your day. However, in that moment, if you decide, you know what, that kind of sucks, but 
I'm going to choose to not dwell on this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Move on, you know, find the light, find the positivity in whatever happened. Okay. Betsy was just talking about going to the raceway, not her thing, but there were things that she could pick out of that, that were kind of cool. Like it's your mindset, it's your attitude and you can choose to have yeah. a positive experience and a much better day as a result, or you can let one tiny little thing mess everything up. What are you going to choose today? I mean, I, I literally have this conversation with my kids all the time because they will blow something up. It's so stupid. Something, I mean, maybe in their world, it's huge, but I'm like, oh, come on, kids. You know? <laughs> so, and they'll make this big to do about it. I'm like, now look what happened throughout your day today because you made that choice. If you had made a smarter choice, a more uplifting, encouraging choice and just let it go, what would have been different? We have these kind of conversations. So attitude, that's another Attitude is everything. Absolutely. Attitude of gratitude. That's it right. works yep. every time. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I'll just okay. add one little thing. Just yeah, one no. quick little thing is that in those moments where we are irritated or focused on the little thing that's just a, new, a nuisance, one of the things to do is to just be with what you're grateful for about mm-hmm. everything else yes. that's going on yes. around it. And then pretty much it just disappears. It's like, oh, yes. whatever that was. Yeah. So, yes. Yes. Simple game changer. Mm-hmm. Gratitude and love, right? Gratitude those are the two highest vibrations, highest frequencies. So, focus on those. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Well, so we spelled our word. Did you guys catch it? B R and A. So again, we uplift and support. We uplift and support. (laughs) So we'll be doing this in each of our episodes, but we've got, we've got more segments. Um, Betsy has our wow woman. So let's take a look at that. Oh, I am so blessed that I got to do the wow woman because you're going to meet the modern day Helen Keller. And I am not making this up. Eileen Forlenza and her daughter, Holly, are saving the world one spelling keystroke at a time. And I just don't want to hold you back for one more second. Meet Eileen and Holly Forlenza. Today, we are honoring WOW women, women of wonder. And my two favorite women on the entire universe are Eileen and Holly Forlenza. We go all the way back in the Wayback Machine to many, many shared experiences in the Camp Experience Network and as friends and gathering with family and sharing Holly's journey. Uh, Welcome to our Underwired segment today, Eileen and Holly. We're so glad to see you. Well, Holly, so just so everyone can understand, Holly communicates through her spelling on her keypad. Eileen, will you tell us just a little bit about that? Sure. So Holly identifies as a nonverbal woman with autism, and she's not uh, able to vocally communicate. So she does that by spelling out words on a keyboard, and I follow along, and uh, I'm able to just read every word and every sentence that she's typing. Yes, I have autism on top of my seizure disorder. So sometimes my body is in chaos and 
I need time to settle myself. Perfect. Well, we met Eileen and Holly, and they came to our Camp Experience Network, and they have been keynote speakers. Holly is the creator of a song, a book, a new book. So how does the modern-day Helen Keller, Holly Forlenza, and her mom, how do you, hi, Holly, I know we want to hug, we always hug, so Holly and I are like, how do we not hug on the screen? I want to say I am a non-verbal woman who sees love in all things. Amen. You are fantastic women that I've been lucky to know for many, many years. And well, let's talk about a little bit about where the story began and Holly, how you had to learn new ways to communicate. Okay. Uh, so just to start off, I want to say that Holly is typing on just a standard keyboard that if we had the technology on a podcast like this, we could put it up on a screen, but A, she types very fast and spell correction doesn't always keep up with her. And um, so I'm just watching. I'm just following along as she's spelling each word. She's doing all of the content. She is spelling, she is creating, and I support her physically. Um, just putting my hand under her hand. And when she feels human touch, it helps her body be organized so that she can get out of her brain onto her hand what she wants to say. So the, the, when Holly is typing, those are her words, not mine. As her mother, I um, often probably feel like I could finish her sentences because I've lived with her her whole life. And uh, I... In, in honor of her, just to exercise my own quietness and do not infuse my energy into hers. So that's... Amen, Mom. That's how we do that together. So um, I don't like to say I'm her voice because uh, she has her own voice. I just facilitate her, her communication being heard. Would you like to respond to that? Did I, say, did I communicate that okay? Yes. That was perfect, Mom. Okay. Well, so, well, uh, I loved it, Holly, before we turned on the recording when you said you're happy to spend some time with me, your friend Betsy. So I'm happy to spend some time with you and your mom. All right. So I love that you are all about love. So let's talk about some of the messages that Holly has for the world about love. And uh, in the years we've been together, we've watched Holly write books, create a music CD, 
and be a national speaker. So tell us more about that. Go ahead, Mom. Okay. So Holly started typing in about 2011. And one of the very first things that she was able to type with the help of a facilitator was, I want a platform to teach about love. And so I asked her, what would that platform look like? Do you want to be a teacher or a professor or a singer or a motivational speaker or an author? And she said, I want to write a song and it will be called God Will Sing You Home. We met an incredible, incredible songwriter and artist, Megan Burt, who is about the same age as Holly and felt like she had a connection. And those two took about a year and wrote Holly's song called God Will Sing You Home. And um, in the lyrics of her song, she talks about um, in every hand you hold. And when eyes meet close, you are serving someone in need. And I know Holly brings love into every room. Yeah. One of the things that stuck with me during that time, Holly, when you were writing that book with Megan, when you were writing the song with Megan, is that Megan asked Holly to expand a little bit more on her, on love and how she feels it and where she feels it. And Holly's response was that love is in the eyes of the people before you. And through that has been kind of Holly's ministry and message and platform is that she loves to bring people together. You can certainly type what you'd like to type. Yeah. You wish you could. He's pointing at Betsy's picture on the screen. I so. know. I want to hug her because we that's, always hug. That's, that's a virtual hug through the screen, right? I love you, Holly. There was so wow. more of that interview that we could have, you know, know. we could have continued. And again, it's one of those things, if you want to see the entire video, that we'll have it up on the app. But what an amazing story. Well, so I, I, there's really no words to say about um, being in relationship with someone that's so amazing. And Holly is um, comes to networking meetings. She always has a, a guide with her. She always is typing. A few people are trained to do the typing with her. Uh, and I think we should do, yeah, lots more with them because they just have such a great message of love to the world. And I know we could talk about this forever, but we got to keep the show going on. So we're going to go to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome to United Network News. I'm Sunny Gold. Now let's check in with our ground command, Kimberly Gogan, from the office of The Guardian. And she has her whiteboard. I can do. 
going to be. It's up to me. It's up to all of us to come together. I'm Sunny Gall. Join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for The Real News. Welcome back to Underwired. You have been watching us and listening to us, and we have been talking about relationships today. And as you know, or if you've been pay- playing along with your bingo card, <laughs> we have had a B word, an R word, and an A word. We've been talking about bravery, respect, and adjust. And then we ha- highlighted a wow woman, a woman of wonder, who had such a beautiful story. And now we're going to get, what are we going to head off to, guys? What's next? <laughs> We're going to go outside the box. We're getting outside, outside the box. Outside the box. We're all in a box, and we're about to get outside the box. So Lindsay decided that every once in a while, you have to get out of the studio. You've got to do stuff that's interesting and off the reservation a little bit. You know, let's just find ways to, to be ourselves. So we have a little something-something for you, which is Lindsay outside the box. Hi, this is Lindsay Andriotti, and I am outside the box. And today I wanted to talk about what I do when, as an entrepreneur, I'm trying to take it easy and not trying to do too much because that is a common thing that we women do, especially. You know, I feel like I have 47 projects and things that need to get done in one day. And what the last thing I want to do is, you know, not have some relaxation. So today I put myself in my backyard on the beach. And what I said was, is I'm just going to take really good care of myself. I wanted to just do this because it's a reminder to all of us that when we're out being entrepreneurs and we're doing all the work that we do, you know, it's super simple to get really caught up in what your business needs, what everyone else needs, what your customers need. And I think it's just a very good idea to get outside, take a deep breath, play with your dog who happens to be in the backyard of my house right now and who wants to play ball. That's why he's barking at me. (laughs) I think what's really fun is that as women, we have an opportunity to really get outside the box and to try other new things when we need to take care of ourselves. So what are you going to do today? This is Lindsay, and I'm reporting from Daytona Beach, Florida. So I thought I would interview the little poodle Desi, can you tell everyone why you want to play? Usually when I'm working in my office, he needs a lot of attention. And sometimes he just comes and sits with me. But right now, what he'd really like to do is play ball. And there's one at my feet that he's going to chase in just a minute. I thought about other things in my backyard that really make me feel good and happy and that give me a lot of energy. One thing is my garden. And I have some really lovely plants, some palm trees, And then I planted some beans and some tomatoes and some other fun things. And it just brings a lot of joy to my heart to be out here and be outside and to spend some quality time with the plants in my yard. The other thing in my backyard that just also gives me energy and a lot of attention to my body when sometimes sitting all day at a computer isn't my best approach is my hot tub. And I know that that's kind of one of those things that it seems like it's a luxury in life, but I'll tell you, sometimes you just got to get out there and sit in the hot water. <laughs> I agree. I, right? I had to get outside the box and get in the tub. I should have put that part. That would have been even better. That, that next 
time. Okay, next time. For next the time you're getting in the watching. tub. And Desi was darling. Oh, he was the star oh, of that segment. That you little dog. Totally uh, was doing the right stuff. Let me tell you, I love that little poodle. So thanks for enjoying my backyard. And uh, <laughs> I am going to just get us to the next segment because I know it's time for the mailbag. And I want to hear the questions. Okay, so this is a fun new segment that we have on the show for those of you who have been watching us in the past. And we want to hear your questions. So we were talking about earlier, we've got a Telegram channel. We're going to dive into our first question. Um, and Betsy's going to take this one. So Betsy, what's the first question? How did you all meet? I'm sure that's an interesting story from Ellen. Well, I tell you, we don't have the time to dig into the Wayback Machine too much, but it all started with Bunny and I through the podcasting industry. She is such a leader uh, in podcasting, has been for many, many years. And as I was coming uh, into podcasting about five years ago, I met the amazing Sunny Galt and Independent Podcast Network. From that, I brought along my friend, Lindsay Andriotti, who I'd known for about 15 years in her entrepreneurial circle. We both are serial entrepreneurs and have that too many ideas disease of uh, that entrepreneurs have. And then Sunny was uh, with Sunny and I and Lindsay on board. Lindsay brought her wonderful friend, Shay. And the first time I met her, we did a podcast, me, Lindsay, and Shay, and talked about very interesting topics that would have to be uh, in my living room. <laughs> Those are very uh, so did a woman, deep dive to womanly deep topics. dive issues. And uh, definitely outside the box. It was way outside <laughs> or inside the box. Or inside the box. You're right. That's true. I um, digress. <laughs> and so to keep this a, a show, a PC show, uh, that was magic. And I think we all had it in our heart to serve really big and uh, join together to just say uh, we are going to bring a voice for women in the world through the Global Sisterhood Broadcast Network and through Underwired. So thank you for asking, Ellen. All right, next question. next question. All right, I'll take this one. All right, so this is from Susan, and Susan asks, I heard Shay say that she does hair. What salon? <laughs> Sign me up. I guess I'll let you take this, Shay. Oh, well, well, first of all, thank you, Susan, for asking. What a, what a, what a great question. Thank you for paying attention and that you were taking notes that I did hair. Um, and thank you, Sunny, for asking the question. So... As of a year ago, I retired and I hung up my scissors to dry because I it was tying my shoulder was giving out. And after 29 years of being in the salon industry, I loved it. It was fantastic. Um, I still have a heart for it. Still have a heart for the 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 industry, the cosmetologists, the estheticians, all the nail techs. I have a heart for all of them and I just can't do it anymore. But I will, if you send me a picture and a letter or an email and you want some advice, I will try to do my best. <laughs> and Shay, we've talked about this in the past, but she has a plethora of stories because you realize, at least for women, that stylists are also therapists. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. And I've said Correct. to Shay, I'm like, oh my God, you need to do a podcast of all these stories. <laughs> because you, name. you don't have to use your real names. Yes, exactly. I love it. Yeah, definitely. There's drama. People, you know, we had a suite, so I closed the door and that gave permission to tell me everything. Uh -huh. And I know way too much about people's stuff. That's all I got to say. 
They were just preparing you for your next career. Right. <laughs> podcaster, right? Podcaster. Right. We're yeah. a podcaster and a coach. It was a perfect yes. fit. I ask yep. questions and interview people all day long. So yep. there we go. That's, that's so fun. Okay. And our last question. So I got to ask Lindsay. Lindsay, did you say that she lives in Margaritaville? And I can't believe there's such a place that exists. So Heather, I added a little bit of words there for you, but um, I know Lindsay will love to answer that question for you. Oh my goodness. Well, Heather, if you've been watching the show, you just saw me in the backyard at, yes, Latitude Margaritaville in Daytona Beach. It is a 55 and older community that is nestled on the side of, uh, well, not too far actually from the Daytona Speedway, which is what uh, Betsy was talking about earlier. And what is so much fun about living here is that people who moved here came here to really live. So even if they're 50 or all the way up to, I met someone the other day that was 98. We have so much fun. And so you might have seen me wearing a pickleball shirt. Yes, I play pickleball. Uh, we go do all kinds of fun trivia, like tonight is trivia night. And, you know, next Tuesday will be something else in the band shell. We've got live music every day. It's awesome. So I would highly recommend a visit to Latitude Margaritaville. And, you know, maybe we'll just have to throw an underwired party here. Oh, ah, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. learned how to do a perfect margarita. <laughs> I bet. Okay, so I, I have a question that everyone I'm sure asks, and that is like, has Jimmy, as in Jimmy Buffett, ever made his way there? Have you seen yes. him in person? Like, I have not because okay. he came before I actually moved here. So I okay. didn't see him, but he does own a home here. Oh. And we do get to see some of his band members, the coral reefers from time to time. So they will come and we will get to see some of his other big name band guys. And, and that's been a lot of fun. And I, I think Jimmy's due for a visit. So Jimmy, if you're listening, you better come back because the underwire girls want to talk to you. That's yeah. right. That's right. Now that'd be a fun out of the box interview. Wouldn't yes. It? Oh my yeah. God. For that. <laughs> or even with the 98 year old, I'm like, oh my gosh, Lindsay's going to have tons of outside the box. I've got so many. Like, if Shay has stories from the, you know, the salon, God. I've got stories from the pool. Let yes. me tell you what. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, thank you guys for submitting your questions. You can do that on the Telegram app, right? So if you follow us on Telegram, we'll be posting, asking questions. It may be for future segments. You never know. But if you, and it can really be about anything. I'm not saying we're going to answer it, but you can, you know, use a little bit of discretion there. Um, but we love having these questions and answering them on the show. And if we select your question, Lindsay is going to tell us about what you get because there's a prize. There's a prize. There's a thing. Yes. And it's one of the coolest things ever. So we girls at Underwired really believe that the power of kindness can change the world. And so this whole episode has been about adjusting and attitudes and respect and, you know, being brave. Well, one of the bravest things you can do is acknowledge someone for the kindness that they show when they do it in the moment. And the way that we're participating in this is that my little company has created some kindness currency. It is the currency of kindness. And this is a coin that we designed in order to say thank you to people. 
And when you send your questions, that's kind to us. It's really awesome that you'd be willing to share your thoughts with us. And we want to send you a little something, something. And that you will be receiving a kindness coin just in time for giving it away to someone else. So the whole idea of our kindness club, if you should care to want to join, is to really spread kindness and find it, locate it, honor it, acknowledge it. I think we just don't do enough of that. So I have a hundred stories that I love to tell, and I usually do that in our kindness club, which I know the information will be available uh, at the bottom of this episode. So you can go check it out. And if you feel like you're a person who wants to be kind all the time, or you'd like to receive a little loving from us, you can get the kindness coins from us. So thanks, ladies, for being so supportive of kindness in the world and just being the kind people that you are. That's right. You're one of a kindness. One of a kindness. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you to everyone for checking out this episode. It's of our new season that's on unitednetwork.tv. We're very excited to be there. You can see some of our previous episodes and learn a little bit more about all four of us on underwiredlive.com. And we're also available as a podcast. So if you'd like to listen to us or if your podcast player also plays video, I guess you could watch the video as well. So you can check us out there. Don't forget to sign up and join us on Telegram because that's where a lot of the conversations are going to take place. And we want you guys to be part of this show. So we love you guys. Thank you for being with us. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Peace out. I just want to love you.